Hello, everyone. This is John Hasselbauer, golf writer for thelines.com, and it is U.S. Open week. I uh, got a, lo- a big video ahead going through everything you need to know about the Los Angeles Country Club, the North Course, uh, in advance of the third major of the week of the year. Uh, before we get any further, make sure you are subscribed to the lines.com YouTube channel. Uh, hit up the Discord. Uh, which is linked in the description as well. All of our bets, not just mine, but the whole community of the lines uh, in our golf betting discussion channel are being logged and discussed and talked about in that free Discord channel. It's where all my bets are posted in real time. uh, And it continues to grow week over week. So appreciate the support there and appreciate the support on this YouTube channel. Uh, Please comment, like, um, you know, anything, any, any thoughts you have on this tournament, any, any of your sleepers this week, anyone who you think is, is definitely going to win. Uh, let me know in the comments. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at PGA tout. Um, my preview article is live and pinned. It is, uh, what we'll be going over in this video as well in the first half. And then, uh, second half of this video, we'll go through a little bit of, uh, peek into the model and spend a little more time on, you know, analyzing the top of this field, making some decisions, not only from a betting standpoint, but also, you know, a big DFS week in, you know, major season. We're also talking about um, pools, which are, you know, I I feel like an under discussed topic in major weeks is uh, pool strategy. So I also have a, uh, an article on that as well. Um, You can look on, uh, on, in the articles itself, we have links to the Discord right here uh, on the right side. Uh, you can also go up here to get in the Discord. You can go up here to go on the Lions Twitter channel, um, or you can go to twitter.com and find me at PGA Tout. Just hit 15,000 followers this week, um, which begs the question, how many followers would I have if I hit winners with any regularity uh, on the PGA Tour? Um but quick segue to the Canadian Open last week. What an incredible finish. Nick Taylor comes through at 75 to 1, broke a little bit of a PGA Tour outright drought for myself personally. Um, first one since the Corrales in, in March. So a much needed, um, a much needed outright from my bank accounts standpoint. It was a huge week um for us for us, anybody who tailed along. Opening the week with the Aaron Rye first round leader, his third of the season, an absolute stalwart on Thursdays. Munoz, Munozian, I think is the word that we're using. Uh, whenever anybody goes on a tear of three first round leads in one season, all coming at 80 to one plus. So we love Aaron Rye. We especially love that he did not uh, beat Nick Taylor at the Canadian Open. He really pushed, he was one uh, stroke short. So um, the vibes are good. That's two weeks in a row hitting outrights after Rose Zhang. Uh, on the LPGA, so we're going for three straight this week at the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is my favorite um, tournament to bet. It seems like one of those events where um, you really know off the top who can and can't compete. You're not going to get too many surprises um, every single year. The USGA sets this up. It really is advantage to the long hitters, advantage to the well-rounded players who don't have a flaw in their game and especially the best long iron uh, players who when they lengthen the course they have a lot more 200 plus approaches in or 175 plus approaches in who's the best with their long irons who can hack it out of rough Um, that's traditionally what you need to do at a u.s open not so um 
not so straightforward this week. There are a lot of nuances to Los Angeles Country Club, which we will get into. Um, but traditionally, when we get to a U.S. Open, this is the type of event that is a little bit more predictable, I would say, than most other weeks on the PGA Tour. Uh, my track record, uh, personally, betting the U.S. Open is pretty solid. I, going back to 2019, I was uh, in on Gary Woodland. That was probably my first foray into outright golf betting. Um, hit him at, I've, I want to say, 120 to 1. Um, paid for my golf clubs, won a couple thousand bucks on that. Uh, and haven't looked back on golf betting since. So the U.S. Open, always on Father's Day, always a special place in my heart. Um, and, you know, ever since we've had a lot of close calls uh, at the U.S. Open, a lot of, um, you know, what should have been. Uh, from my perspective, we had Matt Wolf in 2020, who was the only other person to not shoot over par besides Bryson DeChambeau. So that one felt close. Uh, in 2021 at Torrey Pines, I feel like everybody had a guy in the mix. That was a great uh, leaderboard down the stretch. John Rahm ultimately won. I think I had Louis Oosthuizen, who was a share of the lead going into Sunday. Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, all threatening. Um, and then 2022, I had Will Zalatoris, who really looked like he had you know one hand on the trophy, uh, kind of sliced one out of bounds on the back nine, or not out of bounds, but forced a, forced a layup, forced a bogey, stopped his momentum. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick hit some incredible shots, incredible putts um, to switch the momentum there. So that was another close call and no, um, no victory there. But, you know, since 2019, I feel like I've had a good sweat um, at the U.S. Open, just channeling that, um, you know, thought process of bombers, long irons, all around game. Don't get too crazy with long shots in this tournament. Um, segueing though, from the traditional U S open to what we have in store at Los Angeles country club. Um, I'll go straight into the tournament preview. Now this is again at the lines.com. And if you are new, not familiar with the lines.com, how this all works, um, in a major week, you can just go right to this golf navigation, click on U S open preview. You can also go to the U S open odds page, which is, uh, this separate one right here. Um, but starting with the the preview um, article and, you know, just scrolling down to an introduction to Los Angeles Country Club, um, this is a very historic course, very private course, um, and one of the most visually appealing ones and just, just different uh, for a PGA uh, U.S. Open event that, than we've seen in most years. If you think of all of the recent U.S. Open venues, you're probably thinking Torrey Pines, Winged Foot, um, you know, Beth, well, Beth Page Black was a while ago, but those style of courses um, that are really long, tons of rough, you're hacking it out. You kind of need to hit fairways, but you also can't because the fairways are so narrow. So then it just becomes this kind of bomb and gouge fest. And then you're, you're just trying to get somewhere greenside in two and you're hacking to get up and down from thick greenside rough. That's basically how all of these U.S. Opens have been. I think they've gotten a little smart to it over recent years, realized after Bryson at winged foot that there is sort of a one-dimensional type of player that's going to overpower, of course, regardless of how penal you make missing uh, the fairway with with thick rough. So to this, this week ahead at Los Angeles Country Club, it is the polar opposite. It is hardly any rough around the fairways. Instead, it's really hard pan, uh, firm and fast fairways, uh, tight undulations, uh, hitting the right speed slots of the fairway. Um, you're going to have, you know, as a visual, like your traditional 
flat fairway looks like this. Some of these fairways are going to look like this. And so if you are driving it here, you're good. If you drive it in the middle, you're going to trickle down. Um, that is, you know, that, that is essentially the best I can explain, um, why accuracy is important at this course. It is not a flat fairway. If you miss it right, you are going to get out of position. There are certain pin locations that are completely inaccessible, even if you are in the fairway and have a, a good lie. If you are on the right side and the pin is on the right side and there's a bunker around it and uh, surrounding it to the right as well, you are forced to hit it left and give yourself at best like a 30 foot putt. Um, for birdie. So there's a lot of strategy to this course. There's, it's really important to know the course, but if you haven't played it before, I think these practice rounds are going to be huge. Um, have a caddy who has some sort of local knowledge. I think that's going to be huge. Um, but similar to Augusta, which is, you know, a big, you know, talking point this week, it's hard to compare too many courses to Augusta, but if you've had success there, the biggest difference between here and Augusta is this is a par 70 that's a par 72 with two extra par fives um and the the angles which you need to hit your shots here there it is requiring um shot shaping from both left to right right to left i think there were comments this year at, at the masters that they've lengthened it so much that it kind of takes shot shaping out of it um i think you're going to see that come back into play here you're going to have to hit cut shots to hold some fairways you're going to have to hit low draws to get the best run out um, it's not this sort of bomb and away, carry distance, carry it past the bunkers type of course. You really need to be accurate. I think we're already seeing that it's not a driver on every hole. Um, some guys are seeing value in hitting three wood, five wood, um, shorter because they can control it and kind of work it better, um, on, on tight fairways. So I think that's going to be something that's interesting to monitor, but if you're a good creative shot maker, that's going to be huge this week because even if you are pounding fairways, you're going to have uneven lies similar to what you would see again at Augusta or Kapalua. Uh, you could be dead center of the fairway, but still have the ball above your feet. So you need to be comfortable hitting these different flighted shots. There's going to be holes where you want to aim it right of the green entirely and let it trickle back down into the green. Uh, there's going to be holes where you want to hit it past the green and spin it um, to the pin. So any sort of experience that you've had playing this course, I think is huge because there's so many nuances to it where guys may struggle on, on Thursday, Friday, and then something clicks on Saturday, Sunday, um, because they just learn from their mistakes of places that you can't miss too. Um, but overall, it's going to be a really unique test. I wrote about this um, a lot in the, in the article itself, but it really is this sort of amalgamation of every other uh, major, major venue when we, when we talk about Los Angeles Country Club. It is a USGA setup, so they're going to want it to play similar to other US Opens. I think Shinnecock and um, and Chambers Bay are probably the two most recent US Opens that are like this, where they did not lean on uh, rough and instead really wanted the course to play super firm and fiery. Um, so looking at guys who've played well in those um, types of types of US Opens specifically, I think will be important this week. We talked about the Augusta comps. I think there's a lot to that with the undulations, the size of the property, um, how many sloping lies you have and just a need to not hit stock, uh, yardages, but be a little bit creative, uh, with your ball striking. And then, um, I think comparison to some of these open style links courses in the sense that if you hit 
these wide fairways in the right spots, they'll run out and you'll get a ton of distance and shorter accurate hitters have been able to kind of stay in the mix on those layouts. The biggest difference between this and an open um, venue is, I mean, there could be wind. It's it's hard to project the wind, but it's not going to be as much of a factor. We have seen at the Genesis uh, at Riviera, which is just down the road from here, that wind can be a significant factor, but that is in uh, February. So we're playing in a little bit different time of year this time around. Um, But it's really the elevation change that makes it so different. Uh, You're not hitting into these steep uphill uh, elevated greens. You're not hitting significant downhill drives from an elevated tee box at at the open. It's really completely flat, uh, which allows the, the elements to affect the course more. So that won't be the case here. But I think when you talk about being able to be a little bit more forgiving off the tee, um, something that Cam Smith really took advantage of when he won at St. Andrews. Uh, that's a, that's something that comes into play a little bit here as well. So that's the best I could describe uh, Los Angeles Country Club from a comp standpoint. I would also add, in addition to all of those, uh, desert golf is something that I'm going to be looking into a little bit more. Uh, TBC Scottsdale, I think, is a sneaky great comp for this week. Uh, you know, Phoenix not too far away. Um, from Los Angeles, it is going to be dry in Los Angeles. And uh, similarly, that's a course where you don't need to overpower it, uh, TPC Scottsdale, but it is long. And if you're somebody who can pound fairways, it's going to run out. But you also have to be careful that it doesn't run out too much into those natural cacti hazards or or water. Um, in the case of LACC, there's not really there's no water on the property, but they do have the barrancas. Uh, which are you know just as penal as going into um, you know natural cacti in a desert setup or uh, or even water because there might be some lateral um, forced punch outs you get. You know, it's very uh, tricky to predict what kind of lie you're going to get if you run out into a barranco, which I expect to be happening a lot. So, long story short, what do you need to do at Los Angeles Country Club? I would say slightly more of an emphasis on. Um, accuracy than driving distance. I think if you're just not thinking uh, your way through each hole and just trying to hit it as far as you can, uh, you're going to get into more trouble than than it's going to help you. Um, if you're in the fairway on the right side of it, it's it's a long course for sure. And there's you know I think at least four 500 plus yard par five or par fours. And two par threes that are over 280, which is kind of crazy, but plays a little bit shorter than that. Uh, with the downhill, you know, long irons are going to be important, but I don't think this is a course that like a Matt Kuchar, Russell Henley, uh, Abe Answer, those guys have played well in like kind of firmer conditions before. I don't think this is uh, the type of US Open where you cross those guys out. Um, approach play, obviously, very important. I would say just performance in comp like massive undulated um fairway conditions which is really like augusta maybe a little bit of kapalua uh southern hills as well as is a good comp this week so guys who are, are comfortable hitting off of these like above your feet or below your feet fairway fairway lies a lot of guys are these modern trackman golfers who just pound um ball speed on the range and stuff i don't think that works at lacc at all um so you need touch you need to be smart about how you navigate this course, hit it to the right areas, know where to miss, know where not to. Um, all of those subject, subjective things that I think you get out of veterans and you get out of players with proven 
consistent results in majors. Um, and then short game, you're going to get a lot of tight lies, but you're also going to get a lot of the thickest rough on the property around the green. Um, so just all around good short game. I, I think you can't be one dimensional. You can't be um, someone who's really good on tight lies, but not good in, in thick rough because you're going to have to scramble all over, especially as expected over the weekend when it gets a little bit hotter, a little bit drier. They stop watering the course and everything. You're going to miss more greens. You're going to have to scramble a ton. Um, that's always going to be important at U.S. Opens. You might get a little bit more tight lies than you normally would at a U.S. Open. Um, but in general, just need a good short game. And, and we're playing on bent grass greens. So, again, comp to uh, comp to Augusta, but um, preferably, you know, some some positive results on bent grass greens. Um, okay, so that is, I think, a good transition point to go from the article to the model itself. And I'll I'll pull that up here, and we will start to talk about the key stats for the U.S. Open. Um, at U.S. Opens, I tend to put a more broad, uh, you know, broad weighting on broad uh, stat profiles in my model, um, especially if we're playing on a course that we haven't seen before. Um, it's not really important. It's not necessary to overcomplicate a model in a week where the cream rises to the top, right? So. Um, I think the model this week is a little bit more basic than what I normally would do. And then I've also just included some some stats to look at that aren't necessarily factored into the model over here as well. Um, but for LACC, first and foremost, I'm putting all, like almost 20% of weight on strokes gain approach. Um, reason for that, I would sometimes like split that up into uh, less approach, but more specific proximity ranges. It's hard to tell how many approaches we're going to have from 200 plus versus 150, having not seen the course before. It's especially hard to project that on like really firm fairways where if you hit the right areas of them, you know, Matt Kuchar, again, for example, might be able to hit a couple like 320 yard drives this week and have like 160 into some difficult holes. Um, or he could hit the same drive the next day, catch the wrong slope and have 200 in. Um, so I don't really want to get too hung up on proximity. I think you are going to have a lot of wedge shots on the shorter par fours. You're going to have shorter approaches in than you would expect for holes of this distance. If, um, if the fairways are super firm and you are getting a lot of rollout. So, um, I don't want to get too hung up on specific proximity ranges, but I know that, uh, approach will be important this week. It always is, but, um, comparatively I'm putting more uh, weight there than I typically would. Um, and then just tee to green last 36, who's coming in with the best tee to green form. I think all bets are off when you get to putting in a major, um, you're a little bit more focused. Some guys rise to the top, some don't, but it's, it's, it's tough for me to say you didn't putt well at the Canadian open. So you won't putt well at, at, uh, a major, like it's just apples and oranges really. So, um, I'm really leaning on tee to green and almost dismissing putting, understanding it's going to be you know, just a different environment there this week um, around the green. Super important. Always at a U.S. Open, something I think you can't ignore. Um, you have to scramble a lot. So really looking for, um, you know, good touch around the green, um, specifically for LACC. Uh, comp courses, everything we just went to with both the uh, major examples, some of the desert examples and other PGA Tour um, difficult scoring conditions. I think that will be important. 
um, to reference this week. I do have Prox 200 plus, but with less weighting here. Um, strokes gain off the tee. I think it's important, um, not just looking at fairways gained or distance, but combining the two because um, you know you can get away with being extremely accurate. You can maybe get away with being long and, and average um, accuracy wise. Um, and if you have extra length, you can also lay back, hit more three woods, shape your shots a little bit more. So in general, that versatility of strong, uh, off T players, I think is still very important here. Um, I have just a small weight on strength game putting. I've got difficult scoring conditions, bogey avoidance and difficult scoring conditions, um, strokes gained short game on firm and fast, um, surfaces, um, should be pretty applicable this week and, uh, just, uh, some longer tail, uh, proximity buckets and, um, you know, scoring ranges from par fours and par fives. But, but that is the model, um, nothing groundbreaking, nothing as like severe from a mixed condition model standpoint as I typically would get into, um, on a, on a weekly PGA tour event. But I think this will, um, show the best players in the field rising to the top. Um, so if we now go into the top 10 of the model, it starts with Scotty Scheffler. You can see all the ones here in this row, and we'll come back to uh, everything there is to love about Scotty Scheffler here, but makes sense that he is number one in the model. Uh, Xander Shoffley actually seems like a good value this week. Um, second in the model at 18 to one. I've seen longer odds than that actually this week. You probably still find 20. Um, and I want to say, actually, let me see if I can go into... Um, event history here. I want to say Xander. Yeah, Xander is number one in U.S. Open event history over the last five years. Um, so if we look at Xander's results, somebody that I will be interested in for DFS um, has not finished worse than T14 like he did last year um, at this event. That is incredible consistency on uh, such a variety of PGA uh, of U.S. Open venues. Uh, and now he comes home to um, California. And the last time he was in California for a U.S. Open, it was a T7. And before that at Pebble Beach, it was a T3. So it seems like he plays well in uh, at home in California, in U.S. Opens, at any U.S. Open, really. Um, so he seems like somebody that um, I will be having a lot of exposure to in DFS, um, not from a betting standpoint, but just because you can't bet them all. Um, next, John Rahm at number three, Rory at number four, Patrick Cantley at number five. Those all, those top five, I think, are going to be the consensus. Um, you know, five best, five best players in this field. That makes sense. That kind of validates the model. Um, Eric Cole, interesting at number six. Um, kind of sticks out here. Not somebody that I'm going to bet outright, but um, his form is is really incredible. I think he's top five strokes gain total over the last 36 and 50 rounds. So. He continues to play well. He uh, finished T6 at the Canadian Open last week. Uh, one of the long shots that I like from a placement betting standpoint, from a DFS t- uh, standpoint. Um, really impressive player. Could be the front runner for Rookie of the Year this year. Um, Tyrrell Hatton, number seven, continues to kind of backdoor his way into top three, top five finishes. Um, what he did at the players, posting a number and almost getting into a playoff is um, exactly what he just did at the Canadian Open. He just seems to have one bad round um, every tournament and then three great ones. So he's definitely circling a win. Would not surprise me if Tyrrell Hatton won this week. Um, 
he's definitely seems like he has to win some event this year. So it could be this week. We'll see Victor Hovland, a very popular um, player this week coming off of the Memorial win 16 to one, very short for a player like Hovland. Um, he, you might even find him at half the odds of Colin Morikawa, which is crazy to think about in the U S open um, where Colin has had so much success back to back top fives the last two years. Um, but there's no doubt Hovland is great ball striking. The around the green has started to improve. Even looking at this 97, that's much better uh, than it has been um, for Hovland. He's been in the deep hundreds um, for most of his career. So that is improving. Uh, and he's a player to watch. Hideki Matsuyama, always a player to watch if he's healthy. So monitor his health. Uh, but if we're playing an Augusta comp, um, Hideki makes a ton of sense. And Tony Finau is number 10 in the model. Another guy who plays really well in opens, plays really well at the Masters. Um, and I believe he has a couple of good uh, U.S. Open finishes in his career. So he's definitely going under the radar. Somebody that if ownership is not there uh, in DFS, seems like a little bit of an overlooked elite player. Um, that could be a nice little leverage play this week. So I will now filter this to my outright bets. Um, and if you are in the discord, you already know this, um, but I am going with a very tight card of Scotty Scheffler at seven and a half to one, um, which is shorter than the eight to one, like ratio that I usually try to hit with my outrights, um, for major, I'm comfortable going a little bit overexposed. If I think one guy is definitely going to win. Um, there's no sure things in golf. Nobody is a lock. Um, there's 155 other guys who could win this week. Um, so seven to one is a very short number and a, and a lot of risk to take on. Um, but to me, it's worth it. If you've got the guy who is number one in strokes gained off the tee, uh, number one in strokes gained approach, and number one in strokes gained around the green, then naturally he will also be number one from tee to green. Um, that's insane. To be the best in the best field in golf, uh, in all three of those tee to green categories is just absolute dominance. He's number two in the comp course history. He of course won at Augusta in dominant fashion when the putter was hot. Um, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to Scotty's putter right now. Maybe deservedly so when you lose like nine strokes putting, um, at the Memorial had he lost even half of that, lost like three or four strokes putting, he would have won that a tournament and probably been like five to one to win this week. So maybe you even look at seven and a half to one as a value. Um, that's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but um, I don't think he's going to lose eight strokes putting two weeks in a row. I also don't think Scotty Scheffler is this lost and helpless putter. I think when you are the best approach player in the field, you set yourself up to lose the most strokes putting. If all of your birdie putts are from five feet um, and you don't hit all of them, you're supposed to make like, I don't know, 60% of your five footers. Um, so if you make 30% of those five footers, you're now giving up basically like a full stroke putting. Um, whereas if you're a bad approach player, let's say you're Taylor Montgomery and all of your birdie looks are from 25 to 30 feet, um, you're only supposed to make like one out of 10 of those. And if you hit three out of 10 of those, you're all of a sudden a fantastic putter. Um, so I don't necessarily think, uh, you know, Scotty Scheffler's not Luke list here. Like if he's stepping over 
a three footer, I have confidence that he's going to hit some of those, or um, I mean, he should hit all of them, but in a major, I have confidence that he will hit, um, the short ones when, you know, when he needs to. And this is a guy, let's not forget who has dominated birdie fest. And before he won his first masters, I think the uh, reputation for Scotty was that you play him when you need birdies. Um, I, I know he shot, a, I think he has a 59, maybe on in college or maybe on corn ferry. Um, I know he shot 60 at TBC Boston in birdie fest conditions. Um, so Scotty gives himself looks. He's, he's somebody who can go low, even in difficult scoring conditions. Um, I'm happy to take a chance here at seven and a half to one that the putter is okay. Um, and I really do not think that Scotty is incapable of gaining, um, with the putter. I'm going to pull up his, just his recent results, shield your eyes at the uh, putting results at, at uh, Memorial and obviously two straight weeks where he's lost a combined 13 strokes putting seems daunting. Um, but he gained a stroke and a half at the PGA championship in his last major start. So if he gains a stroke and a half putting and he does all of this gaining four around the green, 11 on approach four off the tee, um, he's going to win by like five or six strokes if he does that. So um, I think it's worth the risk. It's not, this is not all red. <laughs> when you look at Scotty Scheffler, he is not completely broken. He is not losing strokes every single week putting. He's just had a couple weeks in a row where his ball striking was so immaculate that he had so much opportunity to lose strokes putting, and he probably didn't have a lot of opportunity to gain a full stroke putting. Um, so we got to keep that in mind. I don't think he's completely lost. I think he can fix this. Um, and, and again, I mean, look, look at all of these green results he's had, even at Phoenix where he won, he gained four strokes putting. So, um, there's just no reason for me to fade Scotty Scheffler right now. The, the T degree numbers are absolutely, absolutely absurd. If there was ever a time to bet, uh, the odds on favorite, I think it's this week where we see Augusta com comps. That's the last time that he looked dominant. I see a ton of waste management comps where he's won the last two years, um, and just an emphasis on, on creative shot making. So I think Scotty Scheffler, I would not be surprised if he won this event by like six strokes this week. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he lost eight strokes putting and finished like a mediocre T15 either, but I don't really see any scenario where he finishes outside the top 20 um, this week. So love Scheffler. I'm not alone. I'm not on an island there with that Scheffler take. Um, seeing a lot more like single bullet short cards with Scheffler on them this week than I might've expected um, since the putter has been such a glaring weakness. Um, but I think, you know, sharp minds know that Scheffler won't be losing uh, strokes putting for the rest of his career. So um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I, I, I would be lying too if I didn't say um, me not being able to watch the U.S. Open on Sunday plays into this. I'm kind of betting on a scenario that I want to happen. Uh, if you read my uh, tournament preview this week, um, I touched on the fact that I will be out of uh, Wi-Fi service on um, on Sunday at a wedding. So I won't see how this tournament ends. I am really hoping that I wake up Sunday morning and Scotty has a six-stroke lead and I just assume that he coasts to victory. So I'm kind of betting on that. Um, that's how I chose to, to go about it this week, but you know, to each their own, um, in addition to Scheffler, I have a couple of futures here, you know, 
really, if you're betting Scheffler, you shouldn't have much else on the card if you're trying to be responsible week to week. These were futures that I put in. Um, and the, the Scheffler bet is kind of subsidized with some free bets and some some odds boosts as well. So uh, for me personally, I did manage to get these extra names on the card and still have like a full amount of exposure that I typically would on any given week. Um, but but Homa is a bet that I, I placed after his um, finish at Riv, um, where he just missed out on winning again in California. He would have had three wins um, this year if he closed it over over John Rahm. Um, but he does have wins at the Fortinet and the Genesis um, this season. So, or sorry, he has wins at the Fortinet and uh, Torrey Pines for the Farmers this season. Um, so he plays well in California. Everybody knows that he holds the course record here from the Pac-12 championship many years ago. A lot of people know that as well. Um, local favorite in California, he will have the crowd on his side and he seems to relish that, um, from everything that we've seen before. So I have a 35 to one on him. Um, I think it's pretty solid value still. You can, you might be able to get that number this week. I'm seeing 30 is probably consensus for Homa. Um, but you have to, you know, feel pretty good about Homa's chances whenever he gets to California. So, um, we'll see how that goes. And then similar, you know, rationale for Sahit the Gala. He has four, uh, top 15 finishes in his career over the last two years in the state of California, um, plays really well in front of the home crowd. Another guy who relishes, um, the local fan support and, uh, played well at the waste management, which I still think is a good comp. He also had a top 10 at the masters this, this year. So, um, has played well when you can be a little bit more open off the tee. Don't need to hit drivers on every hole. I think you'll see him kind of pound that driving iron a little bit more on this course. And I have to believe that he's played here once or twice before this week with all of his uh, local ties to uh, California. So that is the card. It's just three uh, just three names here. Um, that's going to be the case whenever you bet Scotty Scheffler. Um, there will be more props here. If you followed along on Twitter, you'll know that I now have a 725 to one, uh, Sebastian Munoz first round leader ticket. Uh, thanks to Bam Adebayo's first basket in the NBA finals last night. So, um, that'll be fun to sweat. I will be there on Friday. Um, by the way, this is not a U.S. Open golf hat. This is a U.S. Open tennis hat. So I need to, I need to up, upgrade my merch. Going to get some LACC US Open merch on Friday. Look out for me there. Um, definitely hit me up if you're going to be there on Friday because I am golfing Friday morning and then showing up on my own in between connection flights. Um, and I will probably just follow Scotty Scheffler's group. I was looking at tea times. He tees up one of the last ones of the um, of the day at like a one thirty, I think, LA time. And uh, he's with Homa. So it's going to be a massive crowd, but uh, I'm going to miss the first half of the day and, and probably just be following along that group all day um, since all of my outrights are essentially uh, right there. So that is it. Exciting week ahead. I'm taking off to LA later tonight and uh, just really excited to see this course in person uh, and watch it on TV for two other days and then hopefully not being able to watch all of the final round. Um, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's what I need. Maybe I'm a, a jinx when I watch the U S open. And that's, that's why I haven't been able to get over the line in the last few years. So we'll see if that changes up the mojo. Uh, in any case, thank you guys very much for following along for all the support this week, for all the, 
uh, likes and shares on Twitter, the follows, all very much appreciated. This is one of my favorite weeks of golf uh, of the year, and I can't wait for U.S. Open to hit us on Thursday. So best of luck with all of your bets, uh, and good luck this week. 